I'm Reggie. That's Brian. This is R&B Talks. Hello, everybody. Back again. Greetings, Mr. Kirby. Reginald, Reginald, Reginald. Might I just start our conversation by saying, what a hot, hot garbage week. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. What a hot. It's not me. Hot to, it's not just week, me this time. Man. And it's and the thing for the thing about it is, is it's not nobody really did anything to me, right? But I recently went on a trip to Colorado Springs, came back. Well, I jumped forward two hours. So the whole time I was in Colorado Springs, my body was telling me it was five thirty. I was getting up at three thirty in the morning. Every morning. Like it was it's miserable. Like four or five hours of sleep every night. And then I fly home and I get my two hours back, but then I, I I gain another hour. And now literally I still haven't got my sleeping rhythm back. And, you know, dealing with the family garbage we talked about earlier. Yep. You know, nobody wants to deal with that. It's it's a tragedy, but you know, there's this like like I get it, Lord. I get it. I mean, when are you gonna stop raining? bs all over me and uh you know there's been some bright spots in the week for sure but man brutal like brutal like realizing that i've my client schedule has filled up which is a good thing right but there are people that want help that i don't have the ability to get to right now and that sucks because i enjoy what i do right it always i mean look when you're good at what you do you always get attention I shouldn't say always, but eventually when you do it enough, you get a lot of attention and you're, you know, it becomes a thing where you're, you know, you have to schedule every daggone thing about your day. There are points that I've had um, throughout my career and uh, it's been like you, you had, I had to like allocate when I was going to look at my email, when I was going to return phone calls, when I was, I had to book deliberate spaces of time out of my calendar to do this task or that task or else it wasn't going to happen. And it had to be a religious thing. Like it was like a freaking calendar management, you know, (laughs) it was like, yeah, that's how I'm starting to become freaking crazy. And just rigidly following the guidelines, right? Like that's the, where do you find balance? Like, that's my thing is where do you find balance? Right. Like that's that's where I'm at right now. I work hard enough. We got enough money. I do. I mean, we're not rich. We're not poor, right? We're we're doing okay. We have a good family. We have a nice home. When do I get to enjoy it? Right? Like that's where I'm at. Like when do I get to s- just slow the slow the jet down a little bit? Mm. So we've been talking about how to do that right like i communicate with julie constantly how to do that but there's also a part of me that has to get used to the fact that i'm not going to do it anymore like i think that's part of me too is that need to go out and just do as much as i can to make sure there's security and all those things but right now i'm just like honestly i'm beat like well okay you have there's questions you have to ask yourself it's like do you Obviously, there's financial stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But aside from financial stuff, 
where, like, mentally, where where you're at, it's like, okay, I'm working this much, I got this much money, but in order to have that much money, my mental state is a mess. Yeah. Okay, well, that doesn't work. <laughs> so, well, then if you switch your gears, then your mental state's okay, but then you're your financial situation becomes where it's not good, then it's like, well, that doesn't work. Yeah. See, where's the balance? That's See, the question. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I'm getting to. So it really becomes a thing like what change needs to happen to hit that middle ground? Because it, it may be that, and this is one thing I had to do, was like, is it, is it a promotion? Is it a different job? Is it um, a different avenue of work? Is it that I need to adjust our, the family um, lifestyle in order to do something. Else. I mean, there's a, those are those are what gets those are what have to be brought into the space, you know. And it's not as simple as just saying, "Well, okay, I'll just get another job." Well, that may be part of the equation, but it's not the whole thing. Well, for me, I love what I do, but but what I think is, we were so long where I was doing everything because. Of course, in the beginning, you don't make a lot of money, right? Like really, very little, honestly. And we survived on our savings for a little while to try to build me up, and we've built me back up. But we're just now starting to play catch up from the sacrifices we made, right? So, but there comes a point when I start to think, is what I make for working Saturdays worth it, or is it, or am I just doing it now out of habit, right? Like, am I just? Have I just become a creature of habit and I'm going to run this routine constantly? I, I can know. answer you. I, I know you can. You know, I can see by the look in your eyes. I know you can. <laughs> and I know I can too, but unfortunately. Sometimes we don't like the answers, Brian. I am a giant jackass sometimes, and that's okay. Well, we all are, but I'm saying, you know, the, the, most of the time we know already what the yeah. answer is. We just don't want to either accept it or it's not what we really want. In the first place, you know, we're having like, this is, this is the best ever conversation. We should be recording this for posterity's sake. Well, thankfully we are. Cause this is a really good conversation, right? Um, so how is Reggie? You know, you, you should ask my wife that question. <laughs> Man, you know, I am just so, I don't know what you'd say. It's not beat down or anything. I'm just so, right now, I'm just very sick of how the business world works. I should say that. I'm just sick of that. It's horrible, man. It there, really is. there, There is good stuff, man. I mean, there, there are good things that come out of, like, the way business is done in, in, in our culture. And let, let, I got to speak directly to American business acumen, you know, um, I'm not, I'm not an executive, but I have to interact with them a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know, <laughs> I know what they're doing and I just, it just, Rubs it just chaps, chaps my ass, man. Yeah. And it's not, it's not that they're really even doing anything wrong either. That's the other yeah. thing. I mean, that's, you know, if you look at it from a point of view of like, 
there's a bigger hole than you or your product line or your group or your, um, you know, your vertical. And it's like the, the actions they're taking are affect like a bigger part of things. You kind of see it and you understand it, but it doesn't take it. It doesn't make it any less, any less hurtful. (laughs) That's why I left it because I, for me, it exposed the hypocrisy of it, right? Like the, you know, one of the things that I struggle with in the, in the corporate world was everybody wanted you to be on their team until you had an issue on the team. And then all of a sudden you were just out, right? Like it's very, it's very loyalty driven, but in the absolute wrong direction. Like, well, okay. So everybody, here's the thing. All the freaking companies say the same thing. Okay, we have to, first of all, let's get that out out of the open. Like, they're all saying the same thing because no one wants to be that guy out in the far corner that doesn't have that same messaging because people who aren't versed in corporate lingo and and how they do their corporate messaging will go, and there's all, that, that, look, that, that percentage of population is huge. We'll listen to the other people who are kind of just being hypocrites and bullshit artists, and they won't go see that guy because he's telling the truth, right? It's because here's here's what they all say: they protect their employees. They all say they do. They will do things for this and that, and they and they only go so far with those things. And it's like, what better serves the business? At the yeah. end of the day, yeah, you can have some C-level person talk about how they protect their employees or whatever, but that C-level person, if it's a company big enough, doesn't even know a lot of things that go on yeah. underneath him, right? So, you know, you just it's just about – usually it doesn't bother me because I, I kind of I, – I get it and I work in it and I, I'm like – I'm able to kind of just figure it out and tell my team the the – transparent boiled down version of what how that impacts them and stuff okay but it's just it, it gets over sometimes it just, just it just gets too much and i just it bothers it gets my tolerance for it gets too much you know yeah i know it's i mean I, it being in that environment negatively impacted me in ways that i cannot calculate for as long as i was in it like operations administration all that stuff it just and and don't get me wrong. My last position for the company I worked for, you know who I worked for before I did this. It was a good company, good people, right? Like it wasn't. They weren't out there trying to take advantage of anything. But looking at how the 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 moral legalities, the moral kind of turpitude that goes on within the legalities, like you know, a lot of times businesses aren't necessarily doing something wrong illegally. Mm-hmm but they're taking advantage of amoral laws, right? They're not really, they're not legal, but they're not illegal. Yeah. Is the best way to say it? I mean, it's, it's not, it's just like, and it goes on from top to bottom, right? Like it's disingenuous, bro. It is. It that's very that's much really is. what it is. I mean, they're not saying anything wrong or even that they don't do that, but it only goes so far. Yeah. You know, I would agree with that statement. Absolutely. Right. So yeah. they say stuff that isn't technically false, but it's like, not completely it's just ambiguous enough to pass yeah right and what they don't count on is people who are educated or versed that are going to hear it for what it is 
And then when that person pops up, all of a sudden there's some kind of troublemaker. No, they just are seeing what's going on and they have questions, right? Well, see, that's, I'm that guy, right? Yeah. I'm that guy who will ask that question. If there's a, we, we have these extended leadership meetings, like, and, and I'm the guy who asks the question, Hey, we got some serious morale problems. And because everybody else is kissing their ass nine yes. times out of 10, it's all about whose ass is getting cut, Idiots. kissed, dude. And it's like, I, I, I sit there and I'm, I'm like, you all, are you serious? Like we have real problems. Like, and you all are sitting there going, Oh, thank you for that. Warm introduction. I really appreciate it. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> we have some real problems. How the hell are you addressing this shit? Yeah. Now, I don't say it that on? way, but you know, tell me exactly what's happening. You know, like, are you aware that there's like, you know, 75% of probably your employees in this particular thing are <laughs> also, <pretty upset? laughs> also, also, and I will say this just because I don't want to be exposed to it. There's a level of it. Just don't tell me about it. I don't want to know what you're doing. I'm up here doing my thing, right? Like I'm surviving because that's really what corporate America is about survival, right? How long can you survive? Like, and I'm not interested in surviving like that anymore. Like, nah. I'm just not. Like, I'm interested in being, you know, genuine and and honest. And sometimes I honestly can say that I come off a little bit sharp, but I don't mean to. Right? Who like, doesn't I'm, really mean? I'm trying to. I'm trying to sort it out. Right? Like. Every I find myself lately, and especially since we started doing this podcast, especially since we started doing this podcast, I have found myself to be more contemplative now than I've ever been because I feel a responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. Like know what you need to know, right? Study what you need to study and have the information that you need. Because if you, Jordan Peterson says, your most important weapon is your voice, right? (laughs) Like, but you better have the right words. You better not go out there and start talking and look like a damn fool. You better be able to communicate your point and be educated about it. Because if you're not, these 10, 10, 15 second, you know, attention spans that are out there are just going to ignore you. Well, yeah. So you better have your words together, right? So speaking of that, look, this is exceptional, man. I know it is exceptional. Um, Founders, Founders CBS. Imperial Stout brewed with chocolate and coffee aged in maple syrup bourbon barrels, dude. This stuff, I really, I, but it comes in this, it only comes in this bottle. That's what I've been able to find it, right? Yeah. And uh, so I can't, I'm not going to drink all that in one go. <laughs> so you kind of have to share it with somebody. I don't think I would because I don't think I'd be very good to anybody. I know. It's, it's, it's got a high alcohol. I know, but it is so rich, dude. It is. Dude, you can taste the coffee. You can taste. The, the 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 snap of the dark chocolate and then the maple just comes right in behind it all and just cleans and it well, up. Look, uh, we didn't get paid for any of this, right? This Dude, is, I bought no. this on my own, and this is something you know. This is a uh, complex no brew, like, yeah. Truly, I mean, I, I just really, I just dig it. I dig it yeah. a lot. It's, now it's, it's a sipping beer. Yeah, you know, it's not like it's not that kind of beer where you're going to come in from like busting your balls outside and like you're sweating and everything else. And you you, you want to be, this is not it. Yeah, but. This is, this is stout. Like yeah. this is, this is, if you're not experienced in beer, don't drink this. Cause you're not going to like, it. right. You've got to get some time under your belt in 
different <laughs> ales and brews yep. before you drink something That's like funny. this because it's 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 definitely it's it's delicious, but it's so thick. It's thick like coffee, like the consistency of good coffee, but it's got that nice. Oh, I, I mean, love it. Just it dude. Ends it's, in that maple, dude. I don't. I can't understand it. I can't explain it, but it's delicious. I know. Um. So before we get going, why don't we uh, why don't we have a word from our sponsor? I think that's a good idea. Roll the film. Are you a small business or solo entrepreneur looking for more of our presence online? Technology is ever-changing, and with more and more people spending most of their time on screens, it's important to have your brand out and about, getting the most exposure possible. Worried about not having a big budget for website design or social media? At Edwards Managed Technology Computer Consulting, we cater to every business or solar entrepreneur's individual needs to come up with a plan that works for your product and your wallet. Interested in learning about how we can manage your online presence so that you can spend your time doing what you love to do instead? Visit www.emtcc.net to make an appointment or give us a call at 1-888-551-2770. Mention R&B Talks for 10% off your appointment. Remote and on-site options available. Dude, lay it on me. You got some good heavy subjects. AI has been on my mind for real. Like a lot of thought, a lot of reading. I mean, okay. So AI, welcome back. Yeah. Um, AI is weird. Now say it's weird because it's, I think people have the wrong idea about where AI is right now. Yeah. Okay. So I know I, I, okay. Let me first disclaimer. I am not an AI engineer or developer or even heavy use of it. However, I work for a company that does have these people um, and that is, is very much active in stuff we do. So, so, and I've been in technology forever. So it's like, you know, come on here. Here's what I'll tell you about AI. It's, it's still, somebody's still writing code for AI. Okay. So an, an AI can actually fix itself and add to itself but it does start somewhere. Okay. So there's that. And that's important because we got to understand that they, they're not going to, okay. At the, the way AI is right now, it's it, they're not creating new things. Okay. AI is just taking stuff from a wide breadth of database, databases and knowledge and everything throughout. Like, it's not if you go search for something, they're not just going to be able to query an encyclopedia. They're in, inquiring like a thousand libraries, kind of thing. Okay. You know, so they're able to take all that, all of that stuff, and like pull it down into something. So that's how. That's really the biggest thing about AI is that it's it's at this point, it's got all of these all this breadth of knowledge to pull from, and it's able to make some conclusions and 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 uh st- well just answering questions in a very pretty good way yeah so so and and to the point where even there was a i don't and I, okay i don't have a i don't have a citation for this but i uh a while back there was a uh they did a study where they took medical doctors that answered online medical questions versus an AI that did the same thing. And it was like 70% of the people preferred the AI response than the medical doctor's response. 
as far as empathy goes, right? Yeah. So so that's that's where we're at. We're we're at this point where communication and stuff. Um, you see a lot of AI being used now in content creation. So you have like where somebody takes a photo and they can take an AI will be able to like go through and change it into like this groovy cartoon or change their outfit or whatever. Like, and it looks good. It doesn't, yeah. you know, so there's stuff like that video, you know, all the stuff that's being done with it is fantastic, but it, it's not going to create like new art. In other words, it might create art, but it's going to be an imitation of something else at the moment. Right. It's not going to create a new, object it'll take other objects and make that something you know what i'm saying so it's not gonna it doesn't have the imagination of what the human does do you think that ai can be can grow exponentially i mean information wise i mean a lot of people are what a lot of people are afraid of is well now our machine's going to be making our decisions for us i don't think that's possible at this point but i'd love to hear your opinion i think ai is going to get to the point where it will Everyone will have an AI kind of assistant and that AI assistant will help that help you figure out all kinds of things. Okay. Okay. About your finances, about what you're eating, about your health, about activities, about uh, what to buy, about all this stuff. And I mean, I think that's where it's going to be real soon. Okay. But there's also, look, we have to also, um, hold on, pull in some of these other things about like there, there are very knowledgeable, very smart people in technology and industrial industries that say like Elon Musk, who say there is a, there is serious danger that can happen from AI. And there is. Cause I mean, if the more control you give AI, the more you relinquish it from yourself. I mean, that's really what the boils down to. So it doesn't really matter if in here to me, it doesn't matter if it's AI or if it's, someone else or if it's just a freaking computer program i mean relinquishing that control to something else is where you you are you're getting into a territory where you're you're asking for something to happen i tried chat gpt right like i tried chat gpt and i had to feed it information right like i couldn't just be like chat gpt do this and it would be like okay I had to give it bits of information. It would ask me for dates, a little bit of everything, and build from there. Right. Um, so it's not – I don't feel like it's – I literally feel like it's a digital encyclopedia. But see, point. that's only what you're accessing. Yeah. Okay? So that's that's only like a language model AI. There's a whole bunch of them. And uh, there's there's – I mean, there's <laughs> really advanced stuff out there. Yeah. Okay, so Chat GPT is good at some things. So, if, in other words, if I go in, you, if you're specific, like if I say, "Hey, give me two thousand words on um, the history of the Methodist Church um, from you know like twelve hundred A.D. to you know nineteen hundred and 22 something right so it'll go it'll find all this stuff and it'll put together 2,000 words of that stuff for you right i mean it will so how many how many fake degrees will be handing out because of chat gpt well the good thing is those that because universities and stuff are there they acknowledge that now right so if when i go to publish something or whatever there's a check 
Um, for one, they ask that it's it's against the bylaws to use any AI generated material for whatever. But there's also um, some digital checking to see if that if that's true or not. Now, whether I don't know how accurate it is because I I wouldn't do. <laughs> I haven't tested that, but. But it's possible. I mean, hell, they're, they're even using AI and eight. Here's how, here's how, why I say it's pretty possible because they're using AI and dating apps. Yeah. To figure out matches and even having eight, two persons AI talk to each other before they even, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's, I mean, that's where they're, that's what, it's pretty cool and, and terrifying. <laughs> that's terrifying to me. That's terrifying because I look at our current generation and I'm not the old codger that's like, oh, it's terrible. You know, we're going, we're never going to get where we want to be. Look at this terrible generation. But what I do realize is this generation values time less and less. And they value experiences more and more. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like we're one thing I'm grateful for is I feel like this current generation, if you gave them you know, a trip to Bali or a hundred thousand dollars cash, they would take the trip to Bali because they want the experience, right? It's no longer about, you know, especially with the young generation surviving, it's about experiencing. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. That's man. Look, there are experiences do matter. I won't, I won't deny that. Like, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's really important for people to like, have new experiences and to add to their story. Absolutely. And growth. I think you can't, you, you're going to grow for experiences, good or bad now, but also this goes back to contentment. Yes. I mean, you gotta, everyone needs to understand where that is. And this is, I struggle. And this is part of my notes today was actually, contentment going back to what you're talking about with balance and everything else. I mean, for me, it's not so much a balance of work and family or all that, but it's a, it's it. When I was thinking about this, this week hard was like contentment in like what you eat, what you drink, pipes, tobaccos, time spent here, do this. Like contentment really goes more than just a work life balance. It like it's about everything. Yeah. And this goes back to a stoic mindset, I guess, pretty much too. You know, you do do what's necessary and you know, the re- the rest of this stuff is inconsequential. Okay. <laughs> but you know, you still have desires and wants and needs. You just it's about what what do you need? And what do you really need, really? And yeah. then, then what do you want? How's that going to play in? But for me, it's I always think about like you know, is me eating? Uh, well, I mean, like I say, we go out to dinner because I really wanted this, and we do that often. That's not good. No, that's not being content. That's really just you're just kind of doing what you want too often. Yeah. So. And I, I have a huge problem with this because it, 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 that's what people, I guess, when I see people say, I don't have any problem with contentment. I'm, I'm content with where I am. No, you're not. Like, you might you might be okay with your work-life balance. Yeah. But that's not the only part of the equation, especially here in this country. Yeah. I, I, I kind of chop mine up into squares, right? I've got like a family square, a financial square, 
the relationship square, and then I've got like the miscellaneous square, like the things I don't really have any control over, but I worry about them anyway. Um, and I definitely struggle with leaving the miscellaneous stuff in the miscellaneous, right? Like the things I can't control. I think that's where the <clears throat> most difficulty for me comes in because I tend to worry when I begin to worry, I tend to worry about everything all at one time. Yeah. It becomes a, a, a spiral. Yeah. Real quick. You spin right out of control, dude. Yeah. Like, like I found myself the other night worried about things that had nothing to do with me. Well, for me, it's not normally me. Yeah. Right. I, I, I do the, I'm kind of the same way, except that I don't, I'm not a worrier. I am a, well, I guess it's part of worry, but like I get, I get stressed. Like I feel a weight, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not really worried about it, but I'm thinking about it so much that it occupies too much of my brain activity. And I feel like overwhelmed, which has been these couple of weeks. Like that's, that's been one of my biggest things. It's been hard for me to like focus or or figure stuff out other than just thinking about all this crap that's going on you know yeah for sure um yeah i i don't know it's okay just, it's just tough so i got a question and you and i chatted about this earlier man for the longest time you could not catch someone that would give a sermon about revelations yeah like very rarely and if it was it was usually just a surface touch and it was never really dug into, right? But over the last two weeks, I've heard more sermons on rapture, <laughs> the end times, yep. revelations. Um, and my question is, in a way, I think it's bad because it's the scariest part of the Bible, if you think about it, right? So is that really the message you want to lead with? But on the other hand... I feel like it exposes a lot of hypocrisy and corruption. And I don't know whether it's mm. that bad enough to take away or good enough to keep. Right. So, but I think, I think that, I think that the, how, how can I even say this correctly? Right. I mean, I think that the, the events of the world, when they hit some kind of critical mass trigger a response of what are we going to, okay, it's this, the end times kind of stuff. It's, yeah. Are we, are we really approaching the apocalypse? Cause that conversation is very prevalent and very present. Yeah. In the current times. I mean, cause you're, you got Israel involved with stuff and you got these Hamas and you know, all this, I mean, look, that that area has always been rife with prophecy and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's just it's because it's it's really easy for that to come in to play. Well, for the love of Pete, it's where it all went down. Yeah, I mean, right? It is, and so I mean, it, people can get a little wound around the axle too much, man, about this stuff. Now, not to say that I don't say there's some some like legitimate things. I don't want to get into specifics, but I'll say that there's some things that make sense. But Revelation is a very different book of the Bible than the rest of the canon. Of course. I mean, it is completely different in how it's written, the the material in it, and how it's explained, and the visualizations and everything is completely different. And and so so 
there's a lot of argument arguments and debates over the the things of revelation it's highly debated right mm-hmm. amongst even among the most respected scholars now i i have my own opinions right but again you could i could write every anybody who has their own opinions could write their own book about revelation it'd be <laughs> but I just I just caution anyone who said like you know there's when when he says you will not know the when Jesus says you will not know the time I will come like a thief in the night yeah I mean you're not gonna know I mean you can try all you want to figure this out but you're not gonna know well which leads to my next question sub question you know sub question um, are people technically being heretic? by attempting to claim that they know, or is this more of a misinterpretation of how things are supposed to be, right? I think people are more heretical about spiritual gifts than they are about that. Okay. So I'll say that, um, since we just did a spiritual gifts episode. Wink, wink, spiritual gifts episode. Wink, wink. Um, But I, I think heretical is a little too far. I think it's just trying to interpret that's that's what I mean. It's the interpretation of that book is pretty different than the rest of it. Which leads to another great question. Sure. The Bible's a living word. It means something different to us as our lives change and progress, right? So here's my question. A lot of the th- theological arguments that go on is for the interpretation of verses, right? If you're getting down to, you know, how the interpretation works and all those things, which I think has led to why there's so many translations of the Bible. I mean, if you think about it, dude, NLT, NIV, K, you know, King James, all of them, right? There's probably a, what did you say? Would you easily say a dozen, if not more? No, there's translations? Way, way more than that. Like, it's insane, right? But do you, I mean... Do you think that they're misinterpreting? Are we supposed to be misinterpreting? Are we supposed to be even attempting to interpret what we're reading? Or is that just supposed to be personally for us? Because I know a lot of people, and especially a lot of these people that go to extremes, they personalize it to them and project out to everybody else, right? Um, If you look at all the guys that claim to be Jesus, including David Koresh, they, they focused in and projected out, right? Okay, look, let's go back for a second. Okay. I think I got long-winded there. Sorry. It's all right. So, so I think there is a right and a wrong way to interpret the scripture. Okay. Okay. There's it's there's not there's not gray. No. I've never I think there's the, there's one gray. way that God has put that together to be interpreted. Okay. Now, can it have revelation to someone of varying degrees yes but the interpretation of those letters words pages i think they have a specific interpretation that is godly and correct yes okay so living word is in the interpretation does god's god put that together for one singular purpose and it means one singular thing. 
Now, does that mean like every word has a it should be strictly adhered to the original language and all this? No, I don't mean that. I mean that you know it goes beyond the words on the page and that there is an intentionality behind it from God. We have to stick to that and figure that out. That's what all these systems are for: systematic theology, um, hermeneutics, and all the you know the doing ex, any kind of exegesis. All this stuff. There's all these things we are trying to do to find this singular purpose of Scripture of whatever it is. And that could have different, you know, different right things in, you know, like this passage could point to several different things over here in the old Testament, or this could go, whatever the case may be. But I'm just saying there's a singular attention that God has put together. So, cause I, I here's the reason I think really, really God has absolutes. There are, there's absolute good. There's absolute evil. There's absolute right, absolute wrong. There's no, there's, there's, it's his version of those. So when I think about his word, he doesn't have gray areas. No. Right. So his, his intention must be what we seek throughout the whole canon of scripture. So when we're looking at any number of books of the Bible, there is a right and wrong way to interpret those. Okay. The translations aren't necessarily because it's like a different interpretation of those, but it's it's like a different way to try to explain the interpretation. Do you think there are some interpretations that aren't necessary? Man, I don't know. I mean – I mean, I feel like NIV and King James pretty much nails it, right? Like it, either or. Well, see, I don't think that way. Because New Living Translation, like it's basically just a a more plain version of what's being read, right? Yeah. I mean, you have the uh, the Message Bible. Very, very, like, like <laughs> not literal at all goes beyond even the NIV and like NLT and all that stuff. It's very much a different way to look at it. But yet some people could read that and see the right thing. Yeah. Right? Yes. I personally use the NASB mm -hmm. more than any other translation. Why is that? Because it's a very literal modern English version okay. of that, those translations. And I use a lot of – I don't – I. You know, I I like the King James in some points because of the some of the language is beautiful. Yeah, it's incredible. But some of it's nonsense. So yeah, that's um, for me. It's where I'm at. Right. The thuses and the thous and the these and you know I feel and don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously, if that was the original translation, correct? If that's what was meant to be, what we consider kind of the progenitor of current Bibles, which is what I would say King James Version is, right? It's no. Just in the sense of the translate where the translations are coming from, right? No, but that's not true either. You don't think so? No. Tyndale was I think he was the first one way back when and he was he he was burned at the stake for writing the translating the word into English for that. I mean That sucks. Oh yeah. They they the 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 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I can say about that, he, man. He was literally that like, sucks. oh, dude, he was beaten and burned at the stake alive for oh. putting the Bible from that Hebrew and Aramaic and stuff and putting it in English and producing it. Like, oh, yeah. Tragedy because, for that guy. Yeah, dude, dude. I mean, but he's he's a church hero, bro. I mean, that dude, dude. This is why. All right. So if anybody out there is wondering, this is why I love doing a podcast with Reggie, because I can prepare all week long. Literally, do the best preparation possible. <laughs> come in with the best information possible, and you always outprofessor me, no matter what. Like I'll feel like I'm cruising on that boat and I'm doing well, and then I listen to you and I'm like, oh man, I felt I sound like I'm in kindergarten. I'm like. <laughs> so, I have no intention of like being that guy, homie. <laughs> I know, but it's good for me though, right? Because every time I do one of these podcasts or just have a conversation with you, it, I walk away with something to learn about, right? Like, and you will bring it up in like such a like nonchalant, like I'm going to pass this by. Uh, I learned advanced calculus. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm like, now I got to go learn advanced calculus, right? Like it's, it's really is. It's educational, guys. It's oh, it's Lord. very educational, and I don't. I'm not being. I'm not being a smart behind. I'm I'm telling you, it's very educational. So, all right. So, what else you want to talk about, Reg? All right. Look, I, I do want to talk. I, I, so, I've been following the Kat Von D conversion story thing just because I find it interesting. Other than, I mean, I let me let me say this. I don't really think. I don't know this woman. I don't really to be. I, I think it's beautiful that she's converted, but I mean, I don't really care about i don't i don't know her you know anything like that but i i i find it interesting be, um just because whenever you have a, a famous person that mm -hmm. has like been a, had a public declaration and all this stuff it it always stirs up like a bunch of stuff and it's oh, just course. hilarious and also sad but like so i was watching she has a I couldn't watch. I actually didn't watch very much. I'll be, I'll, let me be honest here. I, I didn't think you would. Yeah. If this is going where I think it's going, I didn't think you would. Yeah. Well, it's about, she, she was on this, this, this one chick, um, Allie something. I don't ever listen to her thing, but she, she's apparently had this whole interview with her about her conversion and her, all this stuff. And, um, that's good. and I'm like looking at, and she, she actually Kat Von D was saying how like she looks different and she's, those people that are different and that's okay. And it triggered this whole thing in my brain about thinking about how we dress and look. And, and is that really a, a physical manifestation of our beliefs, you know, and whether or not there was, there was even quote unquote, correct or wrong ways to dress or look to express your beliefs, right? That was that was really what what I thought about. I have some thoughts, but I'll let you. Well, I think this I think this gets murky because two different thought lines go through this. Um, if you look at the current version of our left, right, nothing really makes sense. So, all right, so let's say, you know, you say that. Oh, I've got friends who are weird. I got friends that are normal, right? Like all that. The new left doesn't care as long as you're siding with the abnormal, right? Like, it's so strange to me as of late in the sense that, you know, here, here's a great example. I was sitting on the couch last night. I was kind of tired. Turn on a documentary. You know who Miss Cleo is? You know, 
Call me now, mm-hmm. right? Like, the, okay, so I watched this documentary on Miss Cleo, right? Now, for the first hour of this documentary, it was actually really good. Like, you were, like, how deep this went was crazy, right? But invariably, <laughs> it turned into, like, an LGBTQ, AI, FG, oh, plus, Lord. minus, hashtag. Now, why is that? Um, because apparently Miss Miss Cleo was lesbian, which if you would have just went, hey, Miss Cleo's a lesbian, I'd have been like, that's cool. But they had like like 22 minutes of like gay pride parades. And and, and I get it, dude. Again, don't care, man. Do your thing. Right. I, I can only give you the message. What you choose to do with it is up to you. Right. I, I've come to grips with that. I'm always going to be spreading the message. But. You pray for the yes and you say, but you prepare for the no. Right. So. And then, but Sound of Freedom, right? They released it in this little small box at the bottom right corner of Amazon, right? And I was like, where the, where does that tell you that we are, right? That that contrast, where does that tell you that we are, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I haven't watched Sound of Freedom. But I can honestly tell you this. Anybody I've talked to in person, including you, has told me that it is an amazing movie and I need to watch it. And I'm going to, right? I'm actually going to rent this movie and watch it. I'm going to pay to watch this movie. Um, but Miss Cleo's psychic gay lesbian parade fantastic was like in big, bold letters. And, and it went from, it's like everything has to be about, and look, here's what it boils down to. I don't care what you do behind closed doors in the sense that I don't deal with you there. Right. But that makes sense. I don't deal with you there. Okay. So I can't fight you on that front because I'm not going to go there. So why do I need to know? Right. Like, do you, but I don't need to know. I don't want to talk about what your sexual preferences are. Right. And it isn't that you shouldn't have what you want, but that is not a conversation that I'm going to have with the average person. Right. So what is that going to do making a film like that, which, like I said, for the first hour was really good. But then for the last 30 minutes, it's like it literally turned into like a gay pride celebration for the last 30 minutes. And I was like, why? I feel like it takes away from her story. So are you saying that your attire or the way you look brings you in to wrong places? Sometimes. Yes. I was confused. No, but that's kind of where I was trying to get, right? Like when you're (laughs) (laughs) what you are are, and how you dress and what you do and how you act and who you associate with, those have real consequences, right? So... Yes, I do think that are there certain things that are just not okay, maybe not for like sexual reasons, but just because it's not cool, right? Like it's not cool for you to do that. Well, okay, let's, let, let me, I'll, let me say this. Here's I know it's, I know it took me an hour to get there, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call Miss Cleo right now. So she, right, dude, she is dead and I, I hate that. She's dead. <sighs> yeah, well. Hopefully, hopefully she met. If you call Miss Cleo Reggie, I want to be on that call because she's dead. <laughs> hopefully she met so. someone who told her a little bit about old oh, Jesus here. Yeah, I hope so. Um, 
here's the thing. Here's here's what I think, right? I think that, you know, as far as like a style or fashion, there's not any particular thing that really is right or wrong. No. I, I will say though that like if you meet gang members or uh prostitutes or 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 strippers or something like that that have converted and they're they're living the life, they have changed and their physical appearance has changed, right? Yeah, for sure. So so I think we have to be really really super conscious of a being the body and making assumptions about somebody's attire or the way they look for one. I agree. Cause let's say, cause I've met and I've actually rebuffed, rebuked even people because they attacked someone in, and this has been in person when, uh, a, like, let's say a, a prostitute were to come to church. They don't have conservative clothing. No. Now you can look at that as a couple different ways. You can say, well, that's somebody who's trying to provoke a certain attention from the church in a negative manner on purpose, or they're looking for a way out and they're coming there. That's all they got. So how do you answer those questions? Well, for one, don't be a coward and hide behind your pew and do all that stuff. I bet if you go up and actually introduce yourself just like you should to anybody, hey, nice to see you. I haven't seen you here before. I, you know, is there who, what, what can I do for you? Is there something blah, blah, blah? I guarantee you, if they're searching, won't take long for you to figure out if that person's there legitimately or not. And second is, Maybe they just, they are searching and that's a really good opportunity. Hey, Mm -hmm. cool. Let's do this now. And, and if it's, you know, look, I've even seen like some stuff. I've been like, you, you, and this is not my place to, to mess with women clothing unless it was like real bad, but like even some long time church going people been wore some really inappropriate crap on, you know, well, and here's my thing too, right? Like, and I'm going to say this, and this is probably not going to be a popular thing to say. I've seen some parents let their daughters out of the house, and I've gone, "You have got to be kidding me!" Can I say this? What? Ready? Yoga pants are not pants; they're leggings. <laughs> Don't I love go the way out you of your said that. freaking house wearing your yoga stuff and think I'm that's cool. No. Okay, rant over. That was very um, emotional. I, I was very emotional. I, I appreciated it. But you know, my thing is, look, and I've said this before. Loose, open women don't attract me. And the reason is a lot of times it's like talking to the wall, right? Like you, I want to have a conversation, right? I want to be challenged. And when I'm talking to a woman that can't compete with me mentally, there's part of me that's just not listening because I'm completely disinterested, right? That's what I love about my wife. Even when I don't want her to, she will mentally challenge me. She'll challenge where I'm at, right? And I appreciate that about her. She challenged where I was at yesterday. She challenged where I was at this morning. You know, she really is that balance for me but dude there are people out there that you know well 
Okay, let's let's take let's take this outside of the church, right? Let's, okay. Let's, okay. What, what, if you're if you're going for a job, mm-hmm. okay. So let's say you have a job interview. The the general rule in the professional world is to dress the way dress one step above where you're interviewing for. Okay. Or what their culture is, in other words, because okay. you want to you're trying to look like you belong. But your intention, you have to make it, you're clearly saying that you're putting forth an effort, right? Yeah. So you don't walk into like something wearing, like if you were going into, let's say an IT, because this is my range of field. If you're going into be an IT engineer, you know, support engineer or something, you're not going to probably wear a three-piece suit for that, you know? Now, for me though, if I'm going to interview for, um, some kind of higher level management, whether that be a low, like a, a, a VP or a director or something, I am going to wear that because yeah. I'm, I'm not dressing for the VP role. I'm dressing really for that C level role because that's, I'm, I'm showing that, you know, mm-hmm. so why do you do that? <laughs> it's, there's an intention behind that. People are going to associate with you and be more open to you if they find you acceptable for what you look like. Yeah. Okay. And this this applies all across known human civilization. Now, so if I'm a speaking engagement, I'll dress kind of like they are. And I'll by that I mean if it's a young crowd, I'm not gonna show up in a suit. Yeah, you're probably gonna show up in some slacks and like a short sleeve button down. Probably not even that. Really? Mm-mm. If it's a big if it's a young crowd of people I'm probably going to wear like some sneakers, pair of jeans, and a, a goofy 80s pop shirt, T-shirt. Okay. And a hat. Because that's what they're going to relate to. A more. mammoth headwear hat. Ooh. By the way, look, they're not sponsored. Okay, I bought this on my own. And and I, I, I hope, I wish they would sponsor our show. I will, I will purchase a mammoth headwear hat tonight because i desperately need one for my giant noggin yeah i gotta tell you this is like this is the best uh hat for big head i've ever found like it's a it's their xxl because my head is way too big but it's like i even have the snapbacks on the back are not uh it's a trucker hat man i know but it's all it's perfect so amazing yeah i don't have to worry about it like it doesn't beautiful dude um so yeah mammoth headwear it's great mammoth headwear just heads up we'd love to sponsor you on our podcast because you're fantastic we we don't want to sponsor them they they should or they should sponsor us i'm sorry i'm very tired and my words are going backwards uh you should sponsor us or or send us some free swag so we can talk more about you (laughs) you i'm I'm cheap I, i don't care um i would i would show up like this i would wear this hat with like a t shirt pair of jeans and, a, and some sneakers or something that's the perfect hat because it, i mean this is this is because i'm not speaking i'm speaking to young people right in their 20s or something i don't want to look like some holier than thou guy right yeah now if i'm gonna go speak at at a random place right that i have no idea what the audience is maybe whatever i will dress up a little bit you know i won't wear a tie i'll mm-hmm. probably just wear a, a jacket and Maybe even jeans and some boot like my I usually wear my cowboy boots. That's like my default yeah. <laughs> like wear. So But you have nice cowboy boots. I do love those. They're ostrich, dude. I love them. Yeah. Um 
but it's on purpose because I, I'm trying to connect with whoever I'm speaking to. It, and that's, that's what really what I mean. So like your dress does your, how you look affects how people see you. Now, this is coming from a guy who wears overalls like 99% of the time. And by the way, makes them look good. Yeah. I like them. I dig them. But it's, you got like 32 pockets. It's great. I, I always have like two phones. I have all like a pocket knife and, you know, but I just don't, Hey, I don't care what somebody looks like. Um, in the business world, I do dress the part. So it's not like I wear overalls during the business days. Wish I could, but I don't. But if I'm out and about doing stuff, I'm probably going to wear overalls. You should officially initiate like a farmer's almanac day at work where you can wear your overalls, man. I think that's a great idea. I think that could be very effective for morale. That's funny. (laughs) Okay. All right. So what's up? What what else you got, Reg? I got a bunch of stuff, but I still want to say this. So do, do, do you think there's a definitive right and a wrong way to look to demonstrate your beliefs? I mean, that's See, really that's what, so hard, man, to demonstrate your beliefs. I mean, but well, to exemplify, how about that? Well, too? if you're a nudist, that doesn't really apply. I'm saying Christian, all right? So, oh, like a Christian, if absolutely. You're, if you're a Christian, absolutely. Follower. All right, my answer, absolutely, there is. Um, I struggle with a Christian who wears like man jorts and you know <laughs> tank tops and. <laughs> Man, George, have you seen those? No, it, the 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 friggin the the friggin you know Jenner shorts from the triathlon, dude. Like that is becoming super popular. It's wearing me out. It makes me nervous. It really does. You mean There's like a, we're talking like the old school basketball yes, shorts, yes, looking stuff? Yes, like the stuff they wore when they dropped it in a peach basket, bro. Like oh. high and tight, and it's getting popular again. And I'm very nervous about this trend because. You know, it it ain't right. You know, it ain't right. It ain't right for you to be wearing that. <laughs> well, okay, modesty is one yes, thing. Okay, that, there you go. Yes, but that whether or not you're wearing a banana hammock or not, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, so no, but 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 yeah, the, the answer is yes. There is a way. There is a there is an improper dress if you're representing God. But for I'm saying, sure. well, I guess where I'm going with this is that people should not be latched onto a particular style or fashion about that. I do, and the reason I say that is this: exactly what you said, but I'll go a little deeper. Okay. Um, I went to a church one time, and there was a guy that gave a sermon at the church, and as the people were singing, like the choir was singing, this super homeless looking dude walked in the church. Right. And he would sit with people and they would move. Right. I mean, this guy was dirty. So, you know, he's moving from pew to pew. Really kind of weird what he's doing. Um, so then they introduced the pastor and this guy stands up and starts taking all this stuff off and it's the pastor. Right. So obviously trying to prove a point. Right. Um, No, because if you judge somebody on what they're wearing, that isn't that isn't loving, right? I mean, what are we supposed to do? If you're a hobo, I need to love you. If you're a, I mean, if you're a girl that's loose moral wise and you come to church because you're feeling that pull, show up, man. 
just show up right but you just said it though yeah don't let your judgment fault that is probably false fall on somebody who's searching is absolutely the main thing i wanted to get now, through. but what i'm saying is if you are an established christian and you know what the boundaries are and i'm talking to men as well as women right you know better well okay like look you know better when i used to, to wear be, some of the stuff you wear when i used to be sort of kind of ripped when i was in my 20s right i, I was built bodybuilding sort of kind of ripped yeah, because I, mean, I was a dude. I, I didn't have like full on six pack. That sounds like the uh, sounds like a documentary name for like a Rolling Stone article. Okay, sort of. Sort but of I would dr- like I was dr- when I was drumming at the time. I'd wear like a a shirt. Yeah, right. I wouldn't come into church if I came into church with that on. I'm doing a disservice, right? Yeah. Now, if I don't, if I'm like a rocker, yeah, and that's my first church service, I may I may walk in like that. But again, as you as a church body, welcome yeah. me as a, you don't know who I am. Yeah, absolutely. I, you don't know that I, if I follow the, the the same God you do or not. Yeah. It, and I think that's where a lot of the garbage is coming in at this point, because what I'm starting to hear, and I think it kind of delves from this whole, this whole movement of is revelations happening is in times occurring, right? Is this need to hide within the walls of the church right I, I feel like that's starting to become a culture amongst christians no no the world's on fire we're the we're the god assigned firefighters right we're the ones that are supposed to go out yet we're going to hide because it's scary out there yeah that's the total not what and, the whole great commission's about and, and that hurts me to my because as a guy that has literally had never had an issue talking to somebody about what I believe, not once, ask and I'll tell you, I don't have any issues. I'll talk to anybody. I don't care how combative they are. There's a way for us to communicate, right? <clears throat> but, you know. Except if you're a bot. Yeah, for sure. And doing the, now we've, we've reached that uh, level, Brian, of scamming have bots. We? Yeah, have we? Yeah, those messages and stuff we've been getting from bots and stuff—that's the struggles. Ugh. So, so that's where we're at um, with that. Except for the one guy, which was really funny. I, you know, it's weird how you would get mad seeing a Christian ad, and you took the time to respond. Yeah, and I felt like I responded well. You did, like, but I guess I'm saying for that for that guy. I mean, that really does say that the, the anger there is not because it's false. Yeah, <laughs> it's not right. But <laughs> that's, that's, that's the problem. Well, I think the problem is, I think he is actually a mirror image of what the problem is. Right? Like I remember when Christians used to assume what the outside world was like. Right? And and I remember all of the stuff that my grandmother used to sit around and talk about how terrible it was and how oh the devil and 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 i i get it right but now it seems like there is an assumption made about christians and it's just negative man like i look i'm gonna tell you personally anybody i've ever wronged i've apologized to i've had to make amends for a lot of things right i was not always a good person 
wasn't a bad person. I just was kind of selfish. I think we're all selfish when we're young, right? So still are selfish. And I feel like <clears throat> Yeah, I mean I feel like it's just the right I'm losing my words, man. It's just it, it's so <laughs> it, it's it's baffling to me because okay. how do how do you Because we're polarized. I know. Okay, we've been pushed into camps of of like political systems or belief systems or whatever, and we're we put in these things that say you are now identified as this. Yeah, but you're not just that. You, you no one is ever just one thing. How are they ever right? Yeah. So nowadays, if you don't fall in line with the leftist woke mentality, you are an enemy. You are immoral. You are riffraff. What, what is she, what did what did Hillary call it? Where the the deplorables, deplorables, Ugh. right? But here's the thing, right? Like, all right, so I've met people in the transgender community. They're pretty neutral, right? Most of them are. The majority don't want to draw a lot of attention to what they're doing, right? They just want to live. And I'm not saying it's right, but the homosexual community. I've met so many center-minded people in that community that are that you know they're center-minded they're not automatically pegging me as bad when they meet me right and i think we've lost the ability to see the complexity of the situation i think we are so desperate to win like whatever side is so desperate to win that they will take it down to the most narrow thing that they can take it down to and shine a spotlight on it as if it's as if it's advantageous to them and i feel like what it really does for people like you and me who are not i don't think you and i are unreasonable men on any level but i think it makes you and i when we see something that's that blatant and obvious it doesn't make me dislike you it makes me think you're silly and you don't have any common sense well it, look right? it, it comes it comes out of this dude i mean like i i, I <laughs> I do not think anyone has a right to tell someone else how to live. I think there is a right way to live. For sure. Um, but I'm not going to beat somebody over the head. By, by the way, it is critical. <laughs> it is so critical. This is kind of why I'm even against altar calls. Um, we can talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but, Uh-oh. Wow. Um, way to throw that one up there for me. Yeah. You're against uh, altar um, calls. Okay. I don't think there. it's it is wrong for you to use manipulative tactics to pull someone into, into something like a religion or a, a, a way of life or something. Okay. Okay. So like when I, when I've, and this is not, it's not often, but there's, it's not rare either. When I speak to whole kinds of different people, I'm not, sitting there the, the the first thing i'm thinking of is not like oh you're such trash you're going to hell all that i'm just thinking of like who is this person uh what do they like what do they don't like what do what, they know what are they right? what, you know what's 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 their interest what, i'm not thinking about anything about really like paths they follow or anything at that point i'm just brother. i'm just trying to get to know them first yeah absolutely but beyond anything else right so it doesn't really matter what if they're catholic if they're a hindu if they're freaking muslim or you know buddhist 
gay, straight, whatever. None of that matters when I'm first talking to someone. I'm a human being. I'm going to talk to him like a human being. But, you know, that spotlights something, right? And you've heard me say this before. Um, I think one of the big breaks in us as people of faith is we go. We put the cart before the horse, right? Uh, in a lot of cases, and I'm and and I'm not saying every church, but I've been in churches where the message is not love; it's it's uh, indentured servitude, right? They don't really celebrate faith, right? They don't really celebrate the commitment it takes to be a Christian, and they talk about Christianity. And one of the things that really bothers me is there are a lot of people that talk about Christianity as if it's not complex, right? Like it doesn't have a lot of you know, complexities and, you know, as people of faith, we deal with the same things that other people deal with. It's not any different, right? I'm dealing with, you know, the, the prospect of losing a loved one right now. And it, and because I'm a Christian doesn't make it any easier, right? No. Like it doesn't make it any better. It doesn't make you feel, okay. you know, you're still going to have the human feelings, right? Yes. But the difference being, We've been shown the truth, right? So that is our anchor. This isn't the end. This isn't the end, right? No. So so it's just this, it's just a perpetual fight to be relevant, man. Like, I, And I feel like I don't push my beliefs on people. Like, I, I'll tell you what I believe. Okay. And when I say I'll pray for somebody, I mean it. Like, that's a real deal for me, right? Like, that's, that's, a, that's a non-negotiable. You know, I've had people just like the guy in the response on Facebook. What did he say? Don't pray for me. Don't pray for me, man. You want to speak blessing over my life. Well, don't do it. Let me let me tell you, those people are the ones who will have a dramatic conversion. Yeah. There always are. That there's no doubt that guy's already on the way there. But you're brewing. I mean, he was brewing for a fight, bro. I, well, he wasn't, though, man. He I was think stirring he, for a fight. Well, we well, we didn't give him one, though. I didn't fight him, no. but I was certainly, you know, like, for real, dude, like, it's an algorithm. I don't control it. I'm sorry that somewhere along the way you typed the word religion into Facebook and you went into the algorithm. And when our advertising got boosted, you popped up. That's not my fault. Call Facebook, man. I don't well, have not, control. It's not even over that. that. Who cares? It doesn't even matter. How many ads do I see every I single see day? I see a hundred every day on my Facebook. That I don't. That I don't have any interest in whatsoever. No. That even someone make me mad. But I, I don't, delete them. I don't delete, take the time I, to like. Go. I take them off my feed. Yeah, like, but I, I mean, off my okay, feed, right? So, but you. But the thing is, is you can do that, right? You didn't have to type me that kind of sharp and stangy message you could have just said hey i don't want to see these guys on my feet anymore and literally deleted the feed i know the fact they reached out really really says something i know the yeah. fact that he said something told me that there was something underlying with this oh, guy yeah. and he was looking for somebody to go to war and i i won't go to war with you i'll certainly talk to you i'll certainly discuss things with you i'll certainly have spirited conversation with you but <clears throat> Yeah, war doesn't get me anywhere, right? Well, the other the other gentleman who was talking about the uh, name the name of the god of God, right? That was yeah, that, that was, was a little weird. It was weird. I mean, look, there's it's the internet, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, like, people have some really, really strong 
opinions about certain things that you that I find just phenomenal. Like, like I like I told that guy. I mean, diminishing God down to a name seems really short sighted. Like, really disingenuous. Well, to not what even he really that. Is. Like, if you know God, if you truly know God. What does it matter, dude? Like, what? What? That's my thing. Is well, okay, but it. it uh, here's what it did for me, man. It made me like I really want to continue the conversation with this gentleman because I would like to know <laughs> where exactly he was going. I really feel like I, I feel like it's relevant to understand his thought process, not in a mean way. Like it but left me with just enough curiosity to to want to know where he's coming from. I know, and you he, answered his question. I answered his question, but he didn't respond to the first the questions I had. I know. He wasn't asking. He wasn't anything. prepared, dude. He wasn't asking anything. He wasn't prepared, dude. Well, Elohim is like the Old Testament word for God. Yahweh was actually who Jesus was born as. Yeah, but those are those aren't the only names or titles or anything. So I don't know. It was just why would you be stuck on that? Is is really weird. And yeah, he he does. But but it, look. I love that kind of interaction. Yes. That was fine. The atheist guy, fine. We're okay with that. Yeah. The, but the bot stuff and the scamming crap, that, that's it's so it's, yeah, it's, that's it's exhausting. That is stupid because there's not like you can, you can try to like block people and do all this stuff, but it's so much of it. Like, and it's funny. It just going like, back to yeah. AI, right? <sighs> so, all right, look, okay. altar calls. <laughs> All right, I need to know about all. Actually, yes, we need to rewind because I want to know why you don't like altar calls. Because to me, that you're you're in the middle of you you've just you've just orchestrated and performed a service in a particular manner to heighten emotional responses to what you're saying and doing. Yes. The worst thing you can do is be disingenuous when you accept that you will follow Jesus. Yeah, but that's tough, man. Like, how do you? You're, but here, here's what I'm saying. People are coming into services, and here's why I'm, I've had these conversations. I know. I hear you. With I've people who too. are hurting, they are they are looking for anything they can to solve whatever it is going on. They're going to go up to that altar and get and say whatever they need to say because they're looking for because they're looking for that fix. But at the end of the day, <laughs> that's that's not what that's you no. That's not what that's for. Okay. What's it for? It's for you to make a choice to follow Jesus in his way, in his truth, in his life. It doesn't mean he's going to fix your problems. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It means that he's going to be there with you through them. Well, Christ isn't Tony Robbins, right? Like, he's not a, a guru. You you look right? at you look at these televangelists and stuff and all that crap. What did they do every time? An altar call. Yeah, you see these phony guys who come through town, mm-hmm. who are trying to do these healings and all this nonsense. What are they doing? Altar calls. Yep. You know what the guys who are truthful and 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 preaching the truth and and actually trying to teach people the way. You know what they don't do? Altar calls. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and look, I'll never diminish when and where the Holy Spirit can move on somebody. Right? Like I don't. I'll say I don't fully agree with you in the sense that. 
you know, the one for the the 99 for the one, right? Like there could be, I feel like there could be a movement of the Holy Spirit during an altar call, you know, depending on where that person is. You know, I do think there are a lot of people that come into church with a distorted view of what the church is for and what it will do for them. And they're in a tough spot in their life and they'll get wrapped up in their own emotions and they'll, they'll answer the call. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say probably the largest majority of those people fall away pretty quickly. What That's what I'm saying is that it, if someone really has a need, they, they really struggle with something, they need, they need something, right? Okay. Yeah, for sure. It's a pastor's role. It's a leadership role to actually meet with those people and talk with them one-to-one, one, not in service, in something, have coffee, go to go, whatever, bring them a meal, what the hell ever. Talk to these people and get them on the, on the, because look, you're talking about people who necessarily have never been to church or something. Yeah, for sure. They don't know. They don't know what they're committing to. They don't know anything. It's a personal, this is where I'm at. It's a really personal thing to say, my, my old life, dead i'm now reborn yeah i don't think people know the the weight of that exactly so so you're 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 not really that altar call isn't being genuine you don't know who this joe schmo is billy bob right here (laughs) you don't know him and you're just you're just saying altar call come up here poof that ain't how it works you know what i mean that's look i'm not saying that's this is like heretical or like um it's an absolute no-no in the church. I'm just saying for me, that is a, that is not the correct way to, to help someone establish a personal relationship with Jesus. Okay. So, all right. Well, this, now you got me thinking. All right. So here's the situation. Let's look at this. All right. So let's say you have an altar call. You set off a lot of false alarms, right? Okay. People are coming up for the wrong reasons. Let's say you don't have an altar call and you've got somebody that's that's inverted some problems and they're dealing with them. But at the end, because of the way that they've experienced life, they don't just assume that they can talk to a minister or an elder or a deacon. Right. If 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 the call's not made, some people aren't going to stand up on their own. Okay, but that pastor or speaker. That should be a part of every message. If you want to talk more about your relationship with Jesus or need help with something, need prayer, whatever the case may be, come down to this, 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 talk to one of our leaders. Okay. You should always say that, make that an option. Mm -hmm. People should be ready to have those conversations and be, and know a be trained a little bit on how to deal with that kind of stuff. Cause they should have, they should know some of these people are going to not be truthful. Some of these people are not going to be genuine with what they need or what's going on. Some of these people are going to actually have like legal or criminal problems that have to be dealt with. Yep. There's there's, they have to have all these things and they above all absolutely need to be a like strong in their way to keep what they discuss to themselves and to the uh, to the to the church leadership, yes. 
So there's a lot of things that have to happen there. So you don't want just anybody to have these conversations. I mean, okay, look, Joe Schmo out in the, out in the foyer or whatever, having a conversation, it's fine. You know, that's always a good thing. But I'm saying if you put people in a leadership position, they better understand what that means too, okay? Well, and, and let me be clear. I had an experience with this. It's, it's weird that you brought this up. Julie and I, everything we have burn up in a fire, man. Um, I literally – you know, the most humbling thing in the world that's ever happened to me is I had to wear my father-in-law's underwear because I didn't have any. So well, that's, that's very humbling, right? Um, and, you know, we... <sighs> when was this? This was, we were married for like a year. Okay, so way like before. The first, way before you, you knew me, man. We were still living in Lexington yeah. at the time. But the the situation was hard and painful, right? And I reached out to, at the time we were going to a mega church. I will not say the name of the mega church. I don't want. To, I actually am. I admire a lot of what they do, but it's a big church, and we had some issues. That's why we left. Um, I was desperate, man. We were just been married. Everything burnt. You know, we were newlyweds, dude. We weren't. We weren't prepared. So I called this mega church and all I wanted was to talk to the guy that had given the sermon that Sunday that I'd sat through because the sermon touched me, man. It, it hit me. I think God knew I needed something. Right. And the answer I got was so frustrating. The lady on the phone goes, she was, she wasn't condescending, but she was almost like, she was like, Oh honey, you know, we have like 16 pastors at this church. He only preaches. He doesn't talk to people. Which is bizarre. You know, you're going to need to reach out to one of our other leaders. And I would almost prefer the small church environment where there is a risk that, you know, somebody might talk too much because... I'm okay with, I'm confident in who I am, but when you tell me that this person who stood up in front of me and told me that I needed to believe in Jesus and delivered a sermon and, you know, seemed completely heartfelt, right? Like it was such a good sermon. Um, doesn't want to talk to people about God and doesn't want to help people in need and doesn't understand that somebody in his flock is struggling and how much would would five minutes with this man have done for me, right? And to dismiss someone like that because you're in a big church, I just think that's tragic. Right? Well, it's like, horrible. It's horrible. It's tragic. Now, not to say, look, I think there has to be some method. Okay, for one, I don't, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say whether mega church good or bad. I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not either. What I will say, though, is that my experience has taught me that there is very much a wrong thing that with the, where I was at and that there was too much gatekeeping going on with things. Yeah. Like, there's no reason why you should ever feel like you can't talk to a pastor of your church. Yeah. You know, one of the things I love about our church is Bobby is very open to discuss and have conversation and and that that brings some relief, right? When when you can reach out and, and contact the person that's giving you the message and you can have, you know, it may not be the best friend or the personal relationship of, of all time, but when you can have a personal enough relationship to take an issue to that person, 
and be heard, that means a lot. Here, here's an example of who did it right, Bob Goff. Bob Goff. You familiar with Bob Goff? He's wrote a few books, but but yeah. he was a big-time attorney and then went and, and started helping uh, all kinds of missionary work and all kinds of stuff. Did, mm-hmm. Has done some incredible things. Has now an or a foundation or something that he's he runs and just his Instagram and uh, is just full of all kinds of stuff. This dude is does okay. in a master scale, but his book he's he, this guy's big time. Like he's not like a small guy. You know he puts his phone number in every book. I can imagine there are people out there like that, and and, and people um, who was it at the last church that I was uh, talking to it called him. He answered the phone, of course, himself. He did. Hey, this, he goes, uh, hello, this is Bob Goff. Guy got to talk to him for like 15 minutes because he goes, I just didn't think you were true, right? Yeah. But yeah, legitimately answered the phone and talked to him. Like, and this is a guy who's that. who's like, he's a speaker, like travels to, in, speaks in front of a thousand people, go, oh, does missionary work all across the world, like, is is but puts his phone number in his book. Yeah. I mean, that's legit, right? What's hilarious that's cra- that's, that, whoa. is that's the right way to do it, right? <laughs> like, I hate to say that, to be that simplistic about it. That's the right way to do it, right? Like, and I'm not telling people to put your phone number in everything you give somebody. And what I'm saying is I don't have really a plus or minus against mega churches, right? Like, I think God puts different things in different places for different purposes. Do I think there's good that comes out of them? Absolutely. Um, but for me, I just prefer the p- more personal touch, the get to know people, the making connections, the the community, right? I mean, you take 60,000 people. What are you going to do with the community? How, how are you going to work that community out, right? Yeah. Like, And you can say, well, there's a group here, but it almost quarantines you off from the access from for the thousands of other people that have could be good relationships and information right i think there's a i don't know i I don't honestly know what to think about it no i mean i I don't i don't i don't know there there there, there's a right and a wrong way but there's also a lot of people who are leeches yes that's very true (laughs) you know and i mean it's like it's 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 that that's a weird situation that i frankly am not in and or going to be in i don't think so i mean for me a mega church pastor is probably not in my career path come on reg <laughs> come on dude uh no red we'll call it reggie's mega church and chicken waffle house <laughs> <laughs> no it'd probably be like reggie's reggie's church coffee and barbecue that's um, right come get some come get some brisket and some decaf and have a nice night all right <laughs> <laughs> okay, so look what okay. i think we're probably run this run its course but there, there's, there's, it's never run its course, right? So there's, there's a couple of last things. So okay. I, I did find the interior styling that suits me the best. I did not know there was like a lingo behind it, but there is. Oh Lord, what is it? Dark academia. Yeah, it's a whole like interior Dark academia. Yeah, it's a whole interior styling thing that it's like what I want, like what I've always wanted to do. Um, is have this interior style called dark academia. Okay, so I'm gonna venture a guess, like dark, dark stained woods, like shelving, bookcases, very low lit. 
No, I mean the, it could be it could be have lights and stuff, but it's yeah, just but like, low lit, not like not like yeah. us being on camera. No, right? No. Um, probably yeah. gonna have some amenities that most people's uh, uh, dark academia <laughs> room won't have, uh, like a it was just espresso funny. maker. But it was it was just, I just I just found it funny that you know like I'm sitting there I was looking at this thing and it was like example uh, uh, examples of dark academia styling. And uh, I'm like, what's that? And I look on it. I was like, oh, that's what I like. Okay. So now I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's like dark colors with like, you know, usually leather or some dark appointed furniture with, you know, there is some colors in there, but they're like, you know, darker. <laughs> well, I have two different styles. I have my home style, which is the washer and dryer exploded and we don't know what to do. This yeah, goes well, everywhere. It's a nightmare. <laughs> but my personal style is chic hobo like sweatpants flannel tennis shoes like i don't back when i I left sales i left wearing suits i left wearing ties i gotta do a wedding dude and and d if you if you hear this i so want to do your wedding and it's gonna be awesome and i love you guys you're great but i gotta put a suit on man i gotta put a suit on dust it off let's go I bought a, you don't understand. I had to buy a suit because I did not own enough dress clothes to match two pieces together of the same color. Okay, well, generally, every man needs at least a suit, one suit. You Who made that rule? Need, oh, you always do. You need Who that one. Who made that rule? I, dude, that's been a gentleman's I'm fire, rule. I'm firing that person. It's been a gentleman's rule forever, bro. Every guy just own a suit. Every guy needs it. Needs at least. Is one. that in like the? Is that in like the man? Like man it's, manual. It's like man manual, bro. Number. Can I get some other man manual stuff so I don't yeah. miss it? Come on, man. Yeah. No, you need at least one, bro. Okay. So I've got a suit now, but oh, 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 I, I, I like, like steampunk it. too, bro. But I can't pull. I can't do the whole like it's elaborate. <laughs> you know? Like, wow. <laughs> you said steampunk. I cannot. I've seen those dudes in like Comic Con dressed in steampunk, and I'm trying to visualize you in that stuff. And honestly, Reg, I cannot get there. <laughs> well, I, I loved like the the like vests anyway. Yeah. So like like uh, I actually during work I wear a lot of vests. That's usually what dude, I wear. Don't you have a leather vest? Yeah. Oh, dude, th- I really like that leather vest. That's really cool. I have I have a I have a biker vest I used to wear when I was tooling around on my motorcycle, and then I have like a. Don't you have like a brown leather vest? I don't think so. I could have swore you wore like a like a dark brown leather vest one time. No. I've got I've got some dress dressy looking vests and stuff, but I don't have I don't have a brown one. Uh, okay. Well anyway. Well I'd like to throw up a, a an idea. You know, I'd like to I've been reading a lot by a gentleman by the name of Mark Moore. Okay. He is a leading uh, scholar in the Christian community on revelations, the rapture, all those things. So if anybody has any questions, I would love to encourage them to go look on, just go online and look up Mark Moore. Um, And he has a very good um, collection of things that are actually, they're not like overly biblical with, but it's actually educational. Okay. Right. Like it's, I want to put Mark Moore. Um. All right. So, anything else, Reg? I thought I thought this was a good thing to just note here. 
today just because it was it was it caused me such a thought exercise um i i was thinking about all the people before me that had to exist for me to exist and what i mean by that is so what you you mean is generations yeah think about all the generations and people in your lineage that had to exist and had to be unique in order for you to be uniquely existent right okay I get you. So you're talking, you know, for me, this is going, I mean, you, well, it goes all the way back way, way, way for as long as human history. Right. So you're talking, I mean, just, there's probably, I don't know. I don't know how many thousands or whatever people that had had to come together to make you exist today. That's insane. And yes. they, they all had to be unique in order to create. Well, your unique your properties. unique lineage right yeah like it's i've often thought of that like wanting to track back my past and kind of see where i was <laughs> built from but it jacks up for me man because my grandmother's past was weird and spotty and not really complete and i don't really know enough about my grandfather and his past because he's not really i mean he's not descriptive really when he talks about it so um I know pretty well my my father's past, um, but I feel like I would have a hard time knowing where to look. Right? Well, you can, so as far as like family tree goes, my my mom's side of the family has gone back as far as like fourteen, fifteen hundred to this uh, guy who was a gatekeeper for this night over in germany that area yeah as far back as it goes but the names where they come from so you can you can look at that and so pain goes all the way back to when the pagans from the norman pagans invaded the um british isle in in the 900s uh, that's where pain came from was that. So the, basically Norman Vikings that invaded into England. So that's as far back as I can go. Right. Yeah. So really I come from Viking and barbarians and stuff. Uh, and I don't know how far back the German, uh, these, this gatekeeper, uh, guy I went to or what, what his lineage was, but it was like, that's kind of where it all, where I come from is that mine is my, well, my last name Kirby is comes from Irish, which was Kilby, which I know that through reading through history, that was how my name was spelled. When my ancestors first came here, there's Irish, there's Celt and there's Dutch in my past. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I had an aunt who told me we had West Indian blood. I don't. She was also kind of eccentric and I'm not hundred percent sure she was completely there. So, but you know, I don't know. I've never really gone back into it. Cause I mean, I think it would be cool to know, but where would I start? Well, I have two great grandmothers who are full Cherokee, yeah. actually a whole line of, Native Americans come come into like my great grandparents, right? So 
I mean, I have that, but yeah. I mean, I don't. That was my great my great grandma, man. She was a character. Always had a fire going. Mm-hmm. Always had a corn cob pipe. <laughs> Always. Hey, and she would just you sit there by the fire with lighter pipe. <laughs> but yeah, she that was a could cook like no one's business apparently. But anyway, that was that was my closest. But you know, I mean, I'm just saying though, it's just it it, caught, it, it ushers in these like how unique you really are. It's not just your makeup, but like all these people that came before you had to be made a certain way in order for you to be made the way you are. Okay. So let me ask this question, knowing what you know, right? How deep our lineage goes. Do you believe in generational trauma? Okay. This is something I've been reading about. I'm just going to throw this out. When there. you say generational trauma, are you saying like the, like this, this, th- those, some kind of um, emotional or trauma that is communicated via the ge- genetic code and brought down to you? Yes. No. Interesting. Why? Why is that? Because it's like that, that's that's saying your genetic code contains some kind of emotion. That some there's some kind of like feelings tied to it no there's not it it makes you in your characteristics and stuff and like do you, you believe it can hardwire your nervous system for anxiety well that's but that's not okay yes but i don't because think, to me that would be generational trauma but that's right? not that's not related to a certain event though okay that's a that's a characteristic of yeah uh, of of a person or a per- people before you that have this th- this innate more susceptibility to be anxiety ridden right to be anxious you know not that there was some event that triggered some emotion that got stuck into a dna code okay so do you think it's different when you know explain the difference between an example would be my relationship with my mother in the sense that we don't really get along we don't really talk right okay and the difference between is that different and in what way is that different than me taking that nervous system shock and then passing it on to my kid? <clears throat> is that necessarily traumatic? Is that trauma or is that just already locked into genetics, right? Like which one would that be? But see, if you have a traumatic event, that doesn't change your genetic code. But it does change. It has been proven scientifically that when you are when you go through a hyper traumatic event it can change the function of your nervous system but that has that doesn't change your dna but i think for me i think the way i would i think the way i would write generational trauma would be okay so your mother suffers in an abusive relationship and she's abused during her pregnancy to me generational trauma is what that guy's causing to the child because the child is now going to be triggered. Maybe not, but there's a likelihood that they can. I've met plenty of people that they're a higher risk because their mother or their father, whoever were traumatized and they, they not necessarily were traumatized, but they had a predisposition to things like anxiety, depression because of that rehardwiring of the nervous system. 
Does that make sense? To me, that's generational trauma. For, for you to tell me that your trauma soaks into your cells and then you pass it on genetically, there's so many holes in that that I can't even begin to talk about it. Well, but, okay, but that's what, okay, here's where I'm going. Do you kind of see what I'm saying? Yes, but that's why I'm, at, that's why I'm speaking that like that. Because okay. people associate that stuff as being it's these these traumatic events are passed down through your 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 ancestry through DNA. No, you you have if somebody experiences trauma, they're going to that's going to change. You know their course or how they are depending on the trauma. And that's going to have affect their relationship with someone. Okay. So that someone will feel the effects of that trauma from how they've, how this person's dealt with it. Yeah. Okay. So what I mean by that is like you can, someone can cut that shit right off because they can, if they deal with it and they don't allow that to perpetuate through their relationships, it's done because they've dealt with it. So what you're talking about is the difference between limitations and limited beliefs, right? Like we all know what a limitation is. A limitation is what is a limitation, Reggie? It's normally you're either lacking resources, lacking time, lacking energy, lacking a means, right? All repairable, right? We can fix those problems. Um, it's, it's all about how that trauma affects that right, person, yeah. how that person lets that trauma affect others, how they let that trauma you know what I mean? Which They're, which kind of feeds into a little bit of my point is, look, I, I will recognize that somebody's been through something. People have had incredibly hard times, been horribly victimized, and I clearly understand that, right? Yeah. But I've seen so many people who take that trauma and they don't let it define them. Yeah. So to me... <laughs> There is no such thing as generational trauma. I mean, I'm not saying that there's not passed down issues, but there's generational trauma is kind of a, what do they call it? A buzzword, yeah, right? Uh, it's uh, not really a thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, But I can't, but again, I don't want to take away the fact that physical interaction, trauma that happens in the womb, all those things, they can change the way you work, but it may not be, you're not traumatized because- you're not carrying a woman's trauma from the womb that she's been beaten. No, you're carrying the trauma of the shock to the nervous system, which fires up your nervous system. Right. So it's not really, I would say more of a physical injury. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. You know, you're, you're not affected by that original event or whatever it is. Yeah. You're affected by how those who have been through that event have dealt with it or not. Yes. You can choose whether that's that's a choice. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So generational trauma, no. <laughs> it's it's like that's that's people who don't deal with their shit, let it get in other people's business. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So so sense. so because I mean, like, look for me, my grandparents went through the Great Depression and they had the very very distinct <laughs> habits and like. Things they did because of that through yeah. their whole entire lives. Yeah. It's up to me whether or not to let that affect me. Okay. It's yeah. up to me whether or whether or not to let my dad's temper affect me or deal with it or whatever. 
or to pass that on. But it it's definitely not a generational thing. It's it's a choice. Yeah, I agree. You know, but do you? Yeah, do you agree that a much there might be a better term than generational trauma? Right? Generational trauma sounds like too much of a buzzword for a specific purpose. Yeah, <clears throat> but isn't that the purpose of buzzwords? Uh, no, per- well, anywhere, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, right? I get. Yeah, I mean, look. I don't owe anybody anything for something that happened generations ago. I'll put it to you that way. Well, and I don't really <laughs> understand nor deal with what happened generations ago. I, I believe in trauma for sure. I believe that there's trauma. Look, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be flat. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, no, I have no idea in through my history what my forefathers before me have done. I have no idea what sins they committed. I have no idea who they were. In, in a lot of points, right? Uh, very, very little. Yeah. And when I'm dead and gone 150 years from now, people are going to say the same thing. I don't know who that guy is, except for he was here and here. So, I mean, look, that's just how it is. I yeah. Don't, look. I mean, I don't, I don't see myself. That, that takes thinking that you're pretty unique if you think that that's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, even, even yeah. people who's got like statues of themselves up, Who's going to really remember who you were, except for maybe an event that you were part of or something, right? Or maybe a small smattering of people that you were an entire life ago, right? Like, all right, well, we have philosophized, philosophized, whatever the word is. We have have talked deeply about many subjects, Reggie. So is there anything else you want to touch on? No, man. I, I I think we'll title this one adequately as Odds and Ends think so because we didn't really have a particular topic we just kind of but i think we had some good conversation well yeah Yeah. i mean but that was the whole point you've been away i've had stressful tough we we didn't have time to really dig into a specific topic but shit there's a lot of things i think about through the week so yeah i've actually thought about a lot of things so yeah we're good all right well guys like us hate us thumbs up comments we've had a few We've, we've started that battle Reggie and I have done a good job at fighting that battle together. Um, you know, we love to hear from you because we we believe in, you know, civil discourse and the ability to communicate back and forth. And we really do truly want to tell everybody what we're all about. So uh, if you don't have anything else, Reggie, these are two chairs. These are two guys. These are two mics. Have a good night. You realize we just say it's, it's two guys and two chairs, right? I'm talking about all the twos, bro. Jesus, leave it. You just throw out all the twos. Are there two? Chi- are there, there might be two roosters out there. If I saw them, I would include them too. I'll be like, and that's two roosters. <laughs> RB talks. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>